Good morning and welcome to episode 11 of Casual Conversations, the podcast. Today we have my second guest episode with Kim Conicella from The Social Child. Kim and I sat together last week and had a conversation around everything from creating a business that is The Social Child, which she is incredibly passionate about in supporting children through bullying and building resilience. We also covered off being in business with your partner or husband and how we've both, through lived experience, had times where we needed something else. We we need to sink our teeth into our businesses or our aspirations whilst still supporting our partners in their businesses with the skills that we're good at. Now, I wanted to record this intro this morning because there is a warning on this episode. We do talk about issues that could trigger distress in some people. So just be mindful that we do talk about bullying, mental health, and the impact that it's having on the community and suicide rates in young persons. Now, if you or someone that you know is experiencing bullying, harassment, please seek the appropriate support or seek your own professional medical advice. The information in this podcast is from our personal lived experiences. So we encourage you that if you are experiencing any sort of heartache or stress at the moment, there are resources available. Kids Helpline, Beyond Blue, Lifeline on 13 11 14 and of course more recently Do It For Dolly has an amazing amount of resources for kids, teens to get help in the space of bullying, harassment, online bullying. Now I hope you enjoy this episode. We do go into um, the social child and what Kim's creating with the social child extensively at the start of the episode at the back end you hear more about starting a business starting a side hustle and all of the hints and tips that we personally have used in creating a business from scratch we are both DIYers so we do a lot of our own stuff on Canva so we do talk into that a little bit I do need to also preface that the audio quality was dropping in and out, and I'm so sorry for this because I know as a listener of podcasts, it is it can be painful when it's dropping in and out. It seems to rectify around halfway through, so please bear with me. I didn't want to ditch the episode, so I've just decided to run with it and put it up with the sound quality dropping in and out a little bit on Kim's side. Now, The final warning is I have a very cranky dog in the background who got locked out of the office, so you will hear him barking in the background. Once again, I apologize for that. As I said before, I'm a DIYer. I do this myself. I have not padded my offices yet to create the sound quality of of a beautiful recording studio. I will get there, but for now, done is better than perfect. I hope you take something out of episode 11 with Kim from The Social Child and look forward to you look forward to connecting with you soon. Have you got that on your side? Okay. 
Hi, welcome to Casual Conversations. Hello, how are you going? I'm good, I'm good. Now, this is Kim from The Social Child and Kimberly Evans Co. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm really nervous today to get on here. I have no idea why. This is only my second um, second go at having a guest. So I just want to thank you for coming on today and having a chat to me. Um, now, I was... We were just talking offline then about how your husband knows me and all of the crazy stuff. But <laughs> so the Kim that I know is probably, I think maybe um, many years ago, I think when you first started dating your husband, we may have met at the Gimpy Muster. Yeah, I think it was the Gimpy Muster. I think um, that's where we met. It seems like a it lifetime ago. Um because I guess at the time in, yeah, like 10 years ago, 10 or 11 years ago. It was nearly 10 years ago. Yeah. So 10 or 11 years ago, I spent my life following around crazy country music fans and your now husband was in one of those bands. So had quite a (laughs) tight knit group of friends from Newcastle that, that were in bands, played for bands and did all that stuff in the country music scene. And Ben was one of those people. Um, Yeah. I was so so nervous about going to Gympie. That was my first little thing with my husband, like with him as my boyfriend at the time. And I remember um, your friend Dane, who was also a muso, Ben's friend Dane, he, when we got to, when we picked up the car from the airport and he was like, you're not a muso, you're in the back. And I was like, okay, no worries. Yeah. So I was squished in the back of this tiny car with guitars over the top of me it was so uncomfortable and I did not whinge once because I, I was so and so nervous and so shy <laughs> it was so weird so yeah that was my first introduction to Dane and first introduction to um I guess the music industry I don't even uh, know who they were playing for at the time I think it was Travis Collins Oh, I, I remember that now. I forgot about that. Yeah, because that's who we were, that's who we ended up camping with at the time. Um, yeah, because I was so new into it. Travis's wife, or were they married then? Anyway, Travis's wife was really like, come on, I'll look after you. I was yeah. so thankful because I just didn't know anyone. And then I met you. Yeah. And you were you were just as nice and I was like, oh thank goodness. <laughs> I was a groupie. So, so my love for business. You is were probably, such a groupie. Yeah, I, I was definitely it. a groupie. Like I think I loved music changed me, I guess, and I just found this love for it. I'm not musical, but I was definitely intrigued by the management of it back then and and my ability to remember stuff was just thinking of going into that industry a little bit were you yeah I was and I I guess I tried to a certain extent um it was kind of like a side hustle back then I really it's the same love for business I just wanted to create change with these musos but it was it was a tough gig like yeah you know I don't know how they how they do it or how even you guys did it like anyone that I Anyone that I knew have always just done it as weekends and paid to play on weekends, even the most successful of them. Like, yeah. 
Um, well, it's you just don't. There's not enough money in it, really, to yeah. make a living. Like not for, not for the band anyway. Yeah. Um, the singers, like, they could. Well, they're making a living, but it's tough. It's really tough. So. Yeah. And that's what, like, fast forward to now, like, that's what brought you to Queensland, yeah? You you left Newcastle, packed up your life with your son in a caravan and went on the road with music? Yeah. So basically we, I'd been teaching for about five years and I'd kind of had enough. And um, my son was sort of between working out what he wanted to do in life he was in the mechanic industry as well as and he just he just wasn't happy and um we talked about buying a caravan next minute (laughs) my husband buys a caravan (laughs) as he does and um we started planning how we could go around Australia um which initially we thought we'd do like a coffee van in the back of our Navara I remember that what was that called um <laughs> yeah so we started doing that we decked out the Navara and then about a month before we left um the plan was that Ben would try and pick picks as we went around um but one of one of the musos from Newcastle that Ben um knew quite well she was doing like a a country tour and asked us to join along so we we joined that and sort of our caravan holiday turned into more of a a work holiday yes it was kind of like we would travel a couple of days to the next destination Ben would play and yeah and then we'd just get back on the road so it was it was a lot of traveling a lot of traveling we got we did all up about three months worth so we went inland New South Wales and up north um, and we got to about Bundaberg. Yeah, okay. And then COVID was yeah. the next issue. <laughs> COVID hit. So that and, all sort of changed from there. And you were stuck in Queensland? We were stuck in Queensland. So we, we rented out our house. Um, <clears throat> my parents were overseas and... And um, so we really, we, we didn't have anywhere to go back to. We were in the caravan. We'd rented out the house and we were sort of stranded going, okay, well, what do we do? Do we stay up here? Do we go back to Newcastle or do we, you know, just make our way back down slowly? Like they were closing the borders. So we, we were, Ben was more scared than I was, but I, I had always said to him that I'd like to put roots down somewhere and I said to Ben what are we running back like there's there's nothing there for us now we haven't got a house to go back to we'll be back there living in the caravan yeah and um so we I took the reins because Ben kind of freaking out and um I said I put and was and sat still and the muso we were with, she rushed back home and, yeah, we were left up in Queensland with a couple of muso friends, thank goodness, because that kind of was our space a little bit because we had people to sort of talk it through with. 
but um yeah that was it we just and your roof over your head was obviously a caravan which is a blessing really um yeah through that time I read your official bio like and but through that time so you left teaching had the idea of the social child been created at that point or did it happen while you're on the road or it kind of happened on the road so I wanted to well it's it kind of happened on the happened before that too so I'll basically I wanted to write I love writing so I wanted to blog do some blogging of some sort um I went into teaching to try and help kids through bullying that was my main reason of going into teaching wow kind of not to teach but to try and help build skills in social social skills for kids and just helping them overcome bullying um because I was bullied as a kid. And so it was something that I was really passionate about. And so when I left teaching, I left because I, I felt like I wasn't um, reaching enough kids. I wasn't helping enough kids. I could only help the kids that were in that school. And um, the school I was at really didn't have much of a culture in bullying, which was great. Um, but there was only like a minority that I could sort of help and work through with social skills and stuff like that so I wanted to do more so when when I left teaching and we started traveling um I started blogging about social skills and things like that um, on different platforms so I had a different website at that point um, that I was using to blog on um yeah so it it kind of had started but I hadn't thought about it as a business I was thinking about it as just a blog that I could give information um, to people and so it was on the road that that's when I started thinking about the bigger picture and how I could sort of help more kids and turn business well at the end of the day it's is it a business like it's it's your it's your passion isn't it to help kids to in bullying yeah. and tools and did you do extra study as a teacher to help with social skills and that sort of stuff that you're that you like your worksheets and your book that's written with the social child is that come from your teaching background or did you do external study and read like is that your learned stuff I haven't I haven't done external like ex- more more study yeah but um it, teaching it comes from my own experiences and it comes from my own research. So I have done, I spend a lot of time reading textbooks on bullying and um, finding lectures and webinars and whatever I can on, on bullying and what what's already out there to try and help kids. Um, because it's like, it's one in four kids that are being bullied. One in, well, what, they're, they're experiencing bullying. One in five young people are experiencing cyberbullying. So it's like a quarter of our kids. A it's quarter just of our kids. recently in the news. It didn't happen. Rec- it didn't happen recently, but it's hit the news recently. Late last year, in a small community near me, I think a young fellow was catfished. So they kids must have acted as though they were someone. Is that what yeah. catfishing is? So yeah. a form of bullying, and he took his own life. So he was a teenager, oh. and like that to me is like wow, because I guess. Like I'm an 80s baby. Yeah. I'm assuming you're in the 80s baby. When we went home from yeah. school, the bullying stayed at school or, it's, or it stayed it. on the school bus. 
yeah. it follows like I don't have children and I cannot begin to imagine yeah but relentless. it follows your home and you know how your mum might have said to you you know just ignore them it's about them you know water off a duck's back like but this stuff follows you home or you get tricked into it via that's catfishing it. or whatever yeah. it is it's a whole different ball game now yeah that's it it's online so it's not just happening at school it's then following you home as you said and the problem is that yes we're 80s babies our parents were never taught about how to handle bullying or how to help their kids through bullying and so for me and any other kids that may have been born in the 80s or earlier or whatever who have experienced bullying they've probably found that their parents weren't as emotionally supportive for them to help them through it um and so that's what's missing and, and that's why we need to really like take the covers off bullying and actually start talking about this issue And there's not enough being done at schools to help. So what happens to the child? What happens to the teenager that's being bullied? Like they get to the point where they take their own lives, which is just horrendous. And so like I have never investigated the suicide rates of of young kids, but from what I can gather, like it's it's getting younger and younger. And you know, it. I it know, is. like, as so say, for example, as a, as a mum or a dad, which I am not, but I see clients who are business owners who have kids. So for me, I see how busy they are. Like, there's lots of, of strategies and tools that they could be using, like mirroring their phone and checking and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Everyone is so emotionally exhausted from just getting through to the day-to-day. Yeah. Like, I'm sure as a parent, like I know it would, you just think it's not happening to your kid. And, and I know there's probably parents out there that think, oh, I should check the phone or whatever it is. There's a fine line though with invasion of privacy with these young adults, like, and it's just like, what do you do? But at the same time as a teacher, I'm sure teachers have got enough curriculum to cover, let alone all of the other wellness stuff as well. Yeah. There's not enough time. And the thing is with teachers, they have to meet a certain standard of um, a certain amount of uh, training each year that they have to meet. So they get points leading up to their um, accreditation, basically. And as a teacher, you can almost choose which, which things you'd like to study or learn each year. And I don't think many of them would choose bullying to 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 learn about like there I think there's maybe one or two accredited training um, courses out there for teaching uh, parent uh, sorry teachers how to handle bullying um, oh, yeah. but I don't even know if the right advice is being given because no one really knows how to handle it so I guess every teachers, kid's different right because that's like, it for, for me different. like I don't I've got notifications going off I apologize I don't know how to turn them off. Um, for me, like having having some sort of mental health slash like fast forward 10 years or probably five years after I met your yeah. husband, like I started going through the paleo thing and I started getting help because my mental health wasn't oh, yeah. right. So like I went down the food route and then I slowly took things out of my life. Smoking was first, Diet Coke was second, I think. And then 
alcohol dwindled. Like I was definitely that binge drinker. And like for me, that mental health, yeah. Like I managed to, you know, I learned how to journal and that sort of stuff as an adult. So like as kids, like yeah, having having a kid who's well-rounded, journaled, doesn't do much technology, has a really good diet, has really good sleep. Is that the same as a kid who's the opposite of that? Like are their coping mechanisms the same? You know, like there's so many variables to these kids as to how they would cope because like one kid might cope totally different to another there might be genetic predispositions to mental health in their family like there's so many aspects to this line is it comes down to the support that they're getting from their parents and and what they're being taught at to support and teach about emotional regulation and um, teach them about how to um, express their emotions healthily and to themselves as they grow older. And if you don't have that support at home, that's when everything else falls apart. Regulate. So I kind of use like a it's like a, a framework, a triangle framework, where I talk about um, strategies that you can use as a, as a kid and as a teen when actually being bullied. But then I also talk about um, strength, inner strength, and how to build that up. But those two things can't happen without support, which is the third point of the triangle. And that support needs to come from home. You need all three areas of strategy, strength and support to come together for the child to be able to grow up in a way that's emotionally regulated and um, knows how to self-care, knows how to look after themselves. Without that, that's when things start falling apart and that's when, you know, they might fall victim to bullying um, or might go down that mental health like pathway. So... There'd yeah, be adults that would benefit from that triangle. Absolutely. Like I, I only learnt this over the last probably 10 years purely because of my own research, because of my own mental health and because of the own, my own trauma that I had from being bullied. So if I wasn't the type of person I am where I, I, I have to learn, I have to research, I have to follow a book sometimes. And so for me, when I started... Um, down the path I had depression in my early 20s I didn't understand what was happening to me and so I would read about it and read and read and read and and listen to anything I could get my hands on about depression and what it was to try and understand what what the heck was happening to me so that I could fix myself essentially so all of this has come out of the things that I've learned because of the trauma and the impacts that I went through from bullying, basically. So it's, it's just, it's huge, isn't it? Like you just, I, it just, I can't even begin to wrap my head around it in the sense that like, I guess any little bit, any person that you touch, whether it's a teen, a kid, an adult with, with the tools and, and the education that you've got with the social child, 
Like if you can change one person's life. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, that's it. And right now, like my priority is my child at the moment who's having his own issues. He's five. He's just started um, prep and he's been having meltdowns, going to school, cannot handle the transition into big school basically. So we've had to work really hard over the last couple of weeks um, getting him to notice that he's having these um, emotions, understanding what's triggering him and then teaching him how to express those emotions healthily. So, um, you know, things like scream into a pillow or punch your pillow, but you can't punch anything else. You can punch your pillow or your soft toys. That's it. Um, We ended up getting like a boxing boxing kit so that he could um, box with Ben and um, yeah, we've we've had noticed a huge difference with him over the last week, which is fantastic. But it's all about consistency and persistency and supporting them through those emotions to help them through it. Like my parents didn't didn't know how to help me. I love my parents to death, but they were they just had no idea. Every time I would bring it up, they would say things like, um, "Just don't go near them. Punch them in the face." Um, you know, all those old school things that pe- but parents they were say. brought up to suck it up. Exactly. And so it's just as the generations come down, I guess, you know, maybe we are becoming more emotional. Like they they were quite resilient. Like they were told to suck it up, get on with it. Yeah. But um, were they resilient or were they suppressed? Yeah. Don't because know. That's, that's the other thing. Like so many people weren't allowed to show their emotions. True. And what damage does that do? Yeah, you know? true. Well, I guess that's the boys don't cry, all of those yeah. sorts of things that have come through the generations. Yeah. My mum said to me, um, it was last year, I was taking um, Avery into daycare and she came with me. And when we left, I, I when I dropped him off, I said, love you, mate. And I said it twice. And um, we walked out and my mum said to me, do do you think that you say I love you too much to him? (laughs) And I was like, "Um, no, no, I do not. (laughs) She was like, okay, okay, that's fine. And so it's just a different upbringing. She's never, she, she had never said I love you really to us as kids. It wasn't until I was in my early 20s that I started saying to them, love you, and boy, did it make it uncomfortable for them. Isn't that funny? I um, I can't even remember. I think I went to a, I went through the Rotary program of youth, of youth programs. And I guess like that kind of, that was the start of my dabbling in different things that were perceived not to be the norm. That's, you know, like personal development, development, you know, these Rotary programs have been around a long time. Um, and I think I came home from it and someone said to me, it might have been my boyfriend at the time, I'd been away for two days and I felt so much like myself, like a, yeah. like me. Yeah. It was the first time I'd had this experience of me and the feeling of like I was me. And he goes, you've changed. He literally picked me up Ooh. from the bus. He must have seen it. Wow. And it's like. I was like, wow. And, and I guess I suppressed it for a period of time. Um, yeah. You know, fast forward a couple of years, I dug back into those programs and I went and found them and I loved it. Like in my early 20s, absolutely loved doing that sort of. 
But I think when I came home from that camp, I started saying I love you out loud <laughs> or, or expressing myself differently. And I think it made, yeah, it was it was different. Um, I mean, how funny when you remember these things. Do you yeah. think as you grow, like what you've had with Avery the last couple of weeks, do you think as you grow with Avery that will create another iteration of the social child for you? Or is it, do you like, is it like it's kind of like you're throwing into the, like a, a real terrible time. Like as parents, it's been challenging. You've got now got two businesses plus a social child plus a kid, no family up there, like yep. just doing the best you can. Do you think, you know, a month down the track, you'll use that as a, when you've come out of it and can see the forest from the trees that as you learn with Avery, you'll you'll teach or, or provide insights yeah. to the parents? Yeah, absolutely. So I, over the past couple of weeks, I've, you go through doubt. So with what I'm doing, I'm trying to teach um, parents how to equip their kids, like give, the, give parents tools on how to equip their kids to overcome bullying and to build their social skills. And so for me, um, over the past couple of weeks, it made me second guess my own knowledge with everything that was happening and and I and I actually stopped with the social child for probably a week or so week or two there because I felt like an imposter I felt so what what would I know when I've got my own child that's going through these challenges and I can't help him I felt like I couldn't help him and um it's now that we're we're hopefully starting to come out that other side than to see that if I wasn't consistent, if I wasn't persistent with helping him through what he was going through, then, you know, like I wasn't, I wasn't learning. And so now I can, I can back up what I've learned and actually say, you know, it, it, it is consistency. It is persistency. It is support that you have to give them for them to come out the other side and to actually start thriving. And so isn't it I'm funny kind of that it's happened? I'm well, kind it's, of it's making you put your money where your mouth is and practice what you That's preach, it. isn't it? So like yeah. whilst you can't, you may not have the emotional bandwidth to share in that moment when you're going through that, but coming out the other side to share those insights and, and that you use those tools like, it's got to be beneficial, particularly with schooling at the minute. Like the kids got delayed by two weeks and then there's masks oh. or whatever else going on. Like, you know, it's been a rough couple of years for kids yeah. and schooling and teachers and up, you know, just change. Well, that's it. It's been like we haven't even been hit with it compared to what last year was um, for a lot of kids. Like they were out of school for so long. Um, <clears throat> Avery missed the first two weeks because of COVID um, in that the schools were closed. And then a couple of weeks back, we got COVID. And so he was off for another week. Um, and so that's been, he's been so out of routine, but that's nothing compared to what the kids went through last year. And the thing is they're at home, built opportunities for bullies to get to those kids yeah. from from home, yeah. and so it's it's some it's an issue that still 
circling back and still and still rife. Like it's still it's still happening, you know. And even more so, like when parents are forced to work from home and the kids online learning, like you just never yeah. know, hey. That's it. But I think that if you if you're teaching your kids, if you're showing support and having those conversations and opening that communication with your kids. I don't think you actually need to be checking their phone because once you've got that open communication, they they feel comfortable enough to talk to you about it. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, there's, I find checking phones kind of like a real grey area. It's something that I don't, well, Avery's five. He doesn't have a phone. Yeah. So that's something that I might change my mind on. Yeah. as we get to that point when he does have a phone and like I but, guess there's parental lock things and yeah, yeah yeah that's it and there are there is a program I've forgotten what it's called right now where um you can anonymously report bullying um to the schools yeah wow so, yeah that's and it's by someone here in the Sunshine Coast they've created it so I have to find out more about it. I only found out about it the other week so yeah that's wow. on my list to find out more so we were talking last week because obviously we do work together um, and we we're talking about everything that you've created with the social child and you're actually, when I say that's terrible, you're really talented like in <laughs> Canva, I'm assuming it's Canva, in digital design and online and, and like socials and like you also have a flair for this stuff and we talked yep. about everything you've it. created. We were talking about it last week. Is it just because you love it or like what, where does that come from? Well, it's because I love it. And it's also because um, I can't stop learning. <laughs> so whatever I'm, I'm, I'm doing at the time, I need to know how to do it. And so um, for me, when um, I started getting people that wanted to go on an email list for the social child, I started looking into how, how to do that and how to email market and, um, and then I find I sort of go down the rabbit hole and off I go and I learn all about it. Yeah. And so I've done that with how to, how to build my website. I've, I've done everything myself. I created the journals, um, I've got two hardcover journals and they, I created them completely and solely on Canva. Really? Um, yeah, absolutely on Canva, nothing else. So, wow. Yeah, so they took me a little while because the first one's like 140 pages and the second one's nearly 200 pages. And so, yeah, that, that was that, that gave me a big insight into design, I guess. But, you know, like a proper digital designer, kind of like Canva's kind of for the beginners, I guess. But it's so fun. I love it. And I don't need to employ anyone to do that stuff now. I do it. <laughs> And isn't it like I think I play around on, sometimes I need some help. Can you hear that dog barking? I can hear your dog. I might need to <laughs> go and right. him out. We'll see. Um, right. and that's barking going, let me in. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I think too when you start your own business and and like whether or not it's because you obviously, you and Ben own two coffee shops on the Sunshine Coast now. So when, yeah. you, when you got stranded as COVID refugees, in Queensland, you took the opportunity to open a open flagship espresso in a Watso building yep. at Sippy Downs. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. So, like, I guess when you know what it's like also as a startup 
yeah to save your pennies so like canva is a low-cost way for you to be able to do your design yeah that's exactly right so yeah so we had um I remember having this conversation in the car um when we were dragging the caravan up towards Queensland and I said to Ben we need to do something else we've always worked nine to you know worked for other people and I've had enough I want to work for myself I want to make a difference and um and so when we we put roots down in the sunny coast we um we were really lucky in that we were able to take some of our super out um I don't know if you remember there was a call out from the government when COVID was happening you could take some money out of your super if you because it. So it was a downturn took- if you got inf- affected by COVID at the time so like you know you were stuck you 100% yeah affected. yeah that's it so um we were lucky enough to take out um some some money and we used that to start a coffee shop so ben on had um we had no experience in coffee by the way we set up the back of the navara as a coffee van and just like me getting passionate social child avery got uh sorry ben got really passionate about coffee and started learning how to do it and all the science behind it and um and so when we put down roots I said to Ben, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to work or do you want to go back into the mechanic world? And he was like, oh, I don't want to go back into the mechanics. And so I said, well, your option is coffee. Yeah. And so we did something probably stupid, <laughs> but very crazy at the same time. Um, and we opened up a little coffee shop in, in the sunny coast. And then that's when you came on board as well, which was very, we couldn't, we couldn't have done it without you. So. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. But like you could see your flair in the behind the scenes of it. So like. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like you, you and I got to know each other by meeting weekly or whatever. So I helped you the start a flagship um, taught you lots of things in terms of business and that sort of stuff. But you, you know, we've had many of the conversation as to how to run a business and what you can adapt and change. And fast forward, Ben's, I'm going to say Ben, but you've both got, you've now got two coffee shops on the Sunshine Coast, very different vibe, very different locations, both beautiful Mm -hmm. in their own right. Um, so I do have a, like in that vein, Last week when we were talking offline, um, and so you've you've settled in, you've settled here, but you've got the social child, you know, you've been toying with the digital design, but you haven't actually started anything, like because you make phenomenal stuff for yourself. Do you did you have a burning desire that you needed something for you? Because coffee shops yes. was obviously Ben's passion. Yeah. So we had like a big talk last year because we'd basically done every in the 10 years I'd been with Ben I love him to death but I I sort of followed him I let him sort of guide where we were going if he wanted to go and do music I'd follow him if he wanted to get a caravan it would happen um if he wanted to start a coffee shop we did that and so we put our money into that 
And after we got the first coffee shop, I was working in it with Ben. And I just got to a point where I was, I feel like who I was was changing. And I think the Sunshine Coast, being up here and being away from family really helped me to work out who I was and become authentically me, I guess. And, and it was at that point where I said to Ben, I've had enough doing this. I, I need to do the stuff that I'm, if I get through 80 years of my life and look back and go, okay, I didn't actually do anything that I was passionate about. I just did things, what we were doing at the time, I'm going to regret things. And so of the push I needed, and it was tough because I stepped out, which meant Ben needed uh, an employee and we had no idea how to do that. So that was another learning, um, another learning situation for us to learn how to be a boss, I guess, to other people. Through that time, there was also like, like we were in communication, the three of us separately and together, like we put everything on Ben and be like, you know, expected him to understand the emails and all that sort of stuff. But then you guys came to a realisation that that's not Ben's forte. So, like, you stepped back in, not fully, but just it's like this is what you could handle doing to help him, for him to be the best version of him and and you to know that it's okay. So it's like you kind of went all out and then semi-stepped back in just to support him. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm like a little bit controlling. (laughs) So it was really hard for me to step out completely, which I did do at first. But when I saw that he was kind of drowning, I had to sort of step back in in little spots just to help. And so we've now found like a balance where I help out on the back end of things, like with invoicing and stuff. And he just runs the cafes. Yeah. And that's what it's good for him too. Like he's found his niece happy and he's enjoying being the boss, you know, yeah. like so it's a huge from mechanics, the mechanic world, where he would just for 15 years or so just taking, you know, from management what he needed to do, like taking orders and whatnot. And for him now to step into a place of being in charge has been, it's been so good for him. It's been really good for him, but it's been good for our relationship too, because I've stepped out of that kind of mothering role yeah. and he's stepped into, I don't want to say being a man because that sounds so bad, but yeah. just being, being a person, I guess. So but it's empowering. I think when you sort of, when you can recognise that they need a bit of support. Yeah. Like, you know, because if you'd, if you'd have left him to drown, like there's every chance that he would have literally drowned and like that business oh, yeah. would have just gone because of yeah. the, because when people go into overwhelm, they can't cope and then the wheels fall off the wagon. A lot of the times yeah. people throw more money at things because they don't yeah. know how to fix things. And it's just like, so I think acknowledging that and finding that happy medium is a beautiful thing because yeah. whilst you want your own thing, which mm. I fully respect because in my relationship, it's very much the same. Like yeah. I don't think 
I could cope if I didn't have other clients. Like just to be like, it's too much pressure on the relationship. Like, you know, I don't see anyone as it is. So when Scott comes home, I'm, I'm like, what's, what happened? What happened? Because I don't yeah. have any hum, much human interaction. Um, yeah. You know, so like to, for that to be our all, like it'd be too much pressure on him, too much, like I'd get bored, you know, yeah. and not to mention like what, you know, the value and the worth that you get out of it, like to not have your own thing. Like I just, I don't think I'm, oh. I don't think I am equipped for that. Like I think yeah. I've, you know, even through business and life and employ, I've always had a side hustle. Like when I was employed, I had a side hustle. It's like I need yeah. the power to have something that's mine. Yeah, you're you very know, entrepreneurial. <laughs> and I wouldn't even right. call it that. It was just like I always needed something that was mine Yeah. outside of whatever else it was. So, you know, and I think you know, a lot of people probably feel like that, you know, if they're doing the books for their family business or whatever it is, like mm-hmm. having the courage to sit there and go, this is not what I want. Yeah. Um, I need something for me. Like that's huge. Yeah. That's it. And it could uh, could just be a hobby. It could just be like learning to paint, paint or something, you know. Um, <clears throat> but I think everyone needs that. Like I'm really introverted. Yeah. So for me, um. Ben had me on the front of like at the till, basically doing all that sort of stuff. I, I poured coffees and whatnot too, but I was mainly front of house and oh, it was so exhausting. I, <laughs> I just was so exhausted from yeah. talking to people all day. Yeah. And, and I love talking to people, but in moderation because yeah. I, I am introverted, whereas Ben is 100% extroverted. So he's in the right place for him. Yeah. Behind behind the counter, chatting away, you know, doing his thing. But for me, oh my goodness, I need that space. I would rather work from home and do the books and the invoicing and the social media and the marketing and all of that sort of stuff than I would being front of house. Same. So and we like have to find that balance. And, like, he's used to being on show. Like, he's, yeah. he's a bass player. He's a muso. Like, he's he's stood next to. I'm all for that. I'm quite happy. To, like, I don't want to be famous. I'm happy to be the person behind the person that and push you out. Like, you yeah. know, people think that I'm extroverted because I can talk a lot. Um, but yeah. I'm really not. Like, it's, Me too. it's inverse. And, like, you know, through that foray into thinking I wanted to be in the music businesses, that was it. Like I would have loved to have what I create with small businesses now in in helping people with systems and processes and technology and mailing lists or whatever else I've taught myself. That's yeah. what I wanted to do for musos because I loved music. But like, yeah. and I'm very, I, I remember people and I can connect people and I can create connections. Um, so like, I'll, So you were like trying to... Yeah, you were trying to sort of bring two two passions together, business yeah. and music, yeah. you know. And it yeah. just, for me, it didn't work. Like I would never, yeah. like it didn't work. Like it just was never going to work, yeah. not for me anyway. Because like, you know, fast forward, the that industry is late nights, partying. Well, not necessarily yeah. partying, but late nights. It just yeah. wasn't for me. No, not um, for me either. <laughs> but yeah, like totally get being behind the scenes and, yeah. and digging in like how to do things yourself and quicker yeah. and easier. Like, I don't I know. I love this. it. I love it. 
Yeah. I love all that stuff. You've found your niche. You're you're good at what you're doing. I, I love so. what you're doing. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> I think um, so. So we we had an extensive talk last week about value privately and that's what stemmed this conversation and because I've done it. So I have found that I can hate work occasionally yep. and it's generally when I don't feel valued. So I made the mistake, it's not a mistake, it's a learning. So when I first started side hustling, what has now turned into keeping balance, I got some clients off a platform called Upwork. Upwork's amazing. Oh, I didn't say. know that. That's but cool. I was competing with with overseas prices, so I actually came in very low from a pricing perspective. So I I've still got a couple of clients that they found me on Upwork. It's cool. it's not a race that. to the bottom, but like it's definitely like when you're competing with ten and fifteen dollars an hour in the Philippines for the same skills. I found so I had clients and they. They served a purpose at the time, but they were always at the lower end of the spectrum. I've also, you know, doing work for just my own books and and it's particularly bookkeeping. It's not business development, like it's not researching and stuff because that's, that's I love. But even doing stuff for Scott, because I haven't got that energy exchange of money with it, or like with some clients, it's a lower, it's a lower dollar value still because it's inherited. I don't feel valued, so I actually yeah. don't. And like that's a me thing. It's a me thing too. Because <laughs> it's gonna say, like, how has that evolved for you? Like oh, it it's only just starting to evolve now. So <clears throat> I've been doing, as you know, the social media. Um, what else have I been doing? The, the books, everything um, at the back end for flagships or sorry, that's our cafe for yeah. our cafes and, um, and for myself. And it's been, I've been doing it all for free. So through the cafes and even with my stuff, mainly the cafes, I, I wasn't getting paid for that. Yeah. Ben would take a wage and he would take, the full wage and I I just wouldn't take a wage because we were trying to keep as much money as we could in the business. And so I guess the last four months or so that just before Christmas, maybe like November last year, I had finished creating these journals and for for the social child. And I had them printed in hard in hardcover and they turned up at the house and they were they're beautiful. I love them. And then I was like, well, what do I do now? Like, okay, I've done that. How do I make money from these? Like, what, what do I do? It's and not so even I, making I, money. It's getting your, you've invested in these beautiful products. Yeah. One, you want to share it with the world. Two, you want people to use them. And yeah. three, you probably want to recoup some funds, right? Well, of course. Yeah. Like, I'd love to make this my full-time business, you know? Um, and so... I spent four months like in a block, like a mindset block where I was, where I'd, I'd gotten to a point where I knew how to get to that point and now, now where do I go? And so <clears throat> when we spoke last week, I was literally still in that block and still going, well, how do but I make that money block out of was anything? creating free content. Like I've yeah. seen, I'm on your email list. That, so everything in your world was free create yeah. free in the hope that one day you'll make money 
Yeah, that's it. Oh, sorry. And like when we say value it, like we're talking money because I find that people, it's literally that energy exchange of money. Like I 100% respect about not pulling money out of the business, but I also have that energetic part of, of the exchange to feel the value. Um, I'm not a money mindset coach at all, not trained in it. But I know from lived experience that that I feel that. I feel that resistance. It's yeah. the stuff that I put off. But like for you, you were in this creating amazing things. Yeah, I could be the creative brain. Always. But it was free. <clears throat> yeah. So you're yeah. in this cycle of free. Yeah, I'd create and I'd give it away. Create, give it away. And I just didn't know. I still don't fully know how to, to really get to a point of selling I think I just have to put it up there and say this is how much it's worth you know yeah um but last week the conversation that we had like I'd had I'd had a business coach with a social child um where we were meeting weekly and and I just didn't get what I needed from them like I I kept telling them I have this problem I'm blocked I've done this I've done this part I've done the creative now what do I do how do I get it out there how do I get it out there um and it wasn't until our conversation last week where you said to me you need to start putting value on what you're doing and so it was like what was it two weeks ago and so I started um I invoiced the two cafes for the work that I've been doing that week so the social media side of things the um the bookkeeping, anything that I was doing for the business, I would, I would invoice for. And so suddenly it was like a switch in my brain. And I suddenly felt that I had a bit more worth, a bit more value. Yeah. And then from there, like this week, I've had um, four orders. Oh, for- wow. Really? I, I didn't know, know that. Yeah. I know. So good. Yeah. So I've had some orders on the social child. For my journals, but also with, I've got, because I'm crazy, another side hustle, which is like my freelance writing and basically everything I've learned when creating a social child, I can do for other people. So, so it's social like, media, email marketing, writing, yeah. blogs, yeah. because you've studied journalism. So it's all of those yeah. things. So what's yeah. happening with that? Yeah. So I've started getting some work with that, with writing blogs. I know. Get serious. I know. It's so good. And it was like, I needed my mindset to switch so that I could open the door to start receiving money from people. If that makes sense, you know, and that's like a huge thing because as much as people don't say it, let's be honest, you, you want to make money. You want to be able to live. Well, it helps you, know? you provide. And like, yeah. can I just say, can I, I, when we spoke last week or whenever it was, I see, and I know, so like people with passion and passion projects, it's like, I'm going to start this passion project and I'm going to make money out of it. They have so much pressure Mm. that they strangle it. And like, they want it to be their all. Sometimes it's just a matter of taking the pressure off that passion project, stepping aside getting mm. your money that puts food on the table for some from somewhere else that yeah. you're skilled at to mm. let this thing breathe and be what it needs to be which yeah. is potentially maybe what's happening for you like you know just let the social child be like yeah do your pyramid what is your pyramid again 
It's um, strategy, strategy, strength, and support. So like, you know, that persistence with the social child of just showing up and being honest and, and doing everything that you know, like, you know, we'll try different things. Like you might change the way you email market or you might go yeah. old school and go and visit a school, door yeah. knock, send some letters, whatever it is. But you haven't got that pressure on the social child to put food on your table. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. And that's what I'd like to do. I'd like to get to a point where my, the freelance side of things takes over and that's what makes me a living. Yeah. And then the social child can be what it is, which is meant to be to help people, you know. It's almost, it's almost like it's, it's your passion. It's almost like you're giving back. So like, yeah. it, may, like it may get notoriety and, and get picked up and, but it might be very, very slow or yeah that's it very natural in what it needs to be yeah in the meantime you've got all of these resources that you can use to help people give away get printed that's it yeah I've got heaps but at the same time (laughs) making money out of your freelance gig and just once again what you learn you then teach or use to help people that's exactly right yeah and so yeah it wasn't until last week like when you said to me last week um well, what are you doing like are you actually working like are you actually working on the social child or are you just sort of saying that you want it to work type of thing like are you procrastinating type of thing and I was, and I said to you oh no no like I've I've set up my newsletters for the next 12 months and I'm just about set up my blogs for the next 12 months because in the middle of all this, I'm trying to have, well, I'm going to have a baby. So it's like, you know, just throw another thing in there. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've been trying to set myself up so that I, I'm still getting stuff out there and the newsletters have free activities, um, and resources that come like that you can download to help kids through certain specific social skills or bullying or whatever it is I've done for that week. Um, and like the reason why I asked you that is when I when like it's a question, it's an inquisitive thing for me, because sometimes people go into overwhelm and don't know what to do, and they yeah. I call it dither, like they they're busy doing nothing. Yeah. Whereas, and I was like, because I don't don't know you in the sense that I've ne- not worked next to you, so I don't yeah. really know if you're a dither or not. But <laughs> some people are actually they're busy doing nothing. Yeah, so like pushes. until you do something, it's not going to yeah. move forward. But you were the opposite. And I'm like, well, okay, she's phenomenal. She's Thank done 12 <laughs> months. No one in business has done 12 months worth of email marketing. Can I just say that I know? Yeah. I sent an email this morning that took me five minutes because I just thought I'd like, I just wanted to say something like. I just don't have time to do that. Like I can't rely on getting things done on the day because with having a family it's just yeah. too hard if I'm like I'm pregnant at the moment so it's like am I going to have am I going to be nauseous today am I going to yeah. be you know whatever and so I can't rely on that I have to when I'm having a good day I have to smash out as much work as I can fit into the daylight basically yeah. and then from there like the next day if I don't get to do some work on it then but that's okay, okay too. Yeah. 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 So 
That's phenomenal. Yeah. I can't believe, like, I did not know. I cannot believe that you got orders and that you've got clients in I don't your know freelancing I, business. It's so weird. It's so, I, I can't explain it other than I've, I've switched my mindset or the block is sort of fading. But so, everything that, like, now all of the skills that you've learned from doing, because didn't you do, like, video design? What's that video design stuff? <laughs> so I've done... Um, instructional design as well which is basically creating online courses for people so oh, I wanted yeah. to create an online course for the social child on bullying I've which created you made. oh you which have. I've made and haven't put up yet like it's just sitting there so um because I wanted to fix it uh, there's bits and pieces I'm not quite happy anyway yeah. but I've I've learned about instructional design and so I can with the with the tools and software that I've learned can create um, anything for anyone now online and be, having a teacher background that really helps you know wow. so yeah so I've added that to my freelance stuff that I can do instructional design and I'm lucky and this is the thing things happen for a reason so when we when we built our cafe in the Watso building which is, you know, shared space, shared co-working space. I think that happened for a reason yeah. because the people that I've met through there have helped teach me things to yeah. get to me, get, get to here basically. So, you know, I know instructional designers in there. I know email marketers. I know, um, you know, bloggers. And so I can go to them now and say, this is what I'm doing. Because it is, it's, a, it's like a mini Silicon Valley in there. Like it's a melting Insane. pot of coaches, yeah. people who are innovative and doing things. Yeah. Like it's in crazy. the online space. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to break into, that, the yeah. online space. That, and, and it's hard. And people, get, people say it's so easy, you know, do this, do that, do this, and you'll, you'll, you'll be fine. It's not that easy. I've been doing it for two years. Yeah. trying to break into that digital space and it's yeah. it's so tough it's tough and it's you know you might get picked up and be viral but there's just so many places for you be, to be seen and so many places for you to be to share your message and where's you you know yeah. everyone's leaving Facebook but are they yeah you know, your guys might be on TikTok really that's it so yeah. how far how thin do you stretch yourself yeah like you can't be everywhere fully online. Like I've got TikTok, I've got social, I've got, uh, sorry, Instagram, I've got Facebook, I'm on Contra, I'm on Fiverr, I'm on Upwork, you know. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's so much. And so people just, I can see why people either don't bother or give up Yeah. when it comes to this sort of thing. Yeah. And, like, there is an element eventually, I think, when you don't want to be everywhere, you might find your niche and go, okay. You find your niche, yeah. Like, TikTok might be for you. Like, you might go viral. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I've had one go viral. Yeah. <laughs> one, one, one little reel go viral. That was pretty yeah. cool. And I got a lot of business from that, just that one. But now I'm in the position of how do I do that again? And I haven't been able to replicate that going viral thing. And you just, you never know, I guess. You just... Be honest and put it out into the world and see what happens. Yeah, and that's what I've been doing, you know. Like. I, I honestly don't know what what the secret sauce is. And, and everyone does. And like, I know it. 
And like, I don't, I'm not going to pay $10,000 for a course to learn the secret sauce. I, you know, I don't do a lot of online courses, but I've just taken on one a lady by the name of Leonie Dawson. It's called Selling Without Social Media. Um, yeah. And it's just as a reminder to, for all of the things, like I don't necessarily want to leave social media, but it's, you know, it's been really insightful so far. It's a low cost product. And I followed Leonie for a little while on her podcast and I just, yeah, she's a really honest approach, but you know, I don't think, I don't know. Like I don't think I'd sign up for a coach to figure out how to, to find the secret sauce. Cause I just, I for me, I don't want to make the financial investment yeah. right now. Um, I have, I've thrown money at it. And the se- the secret sauce that everyone tells you is the same that people are giving away for free. Yeah. Like you, I think it comes down to a little bit of luck and what's trending at the time like what what people are needing at the time I I find with the social child it's about bullying people don't really want to hear about bullying because it's not a nice thing to talk about and so I I come up against that wall of how do I make information that's not great to talk about like not it's you know people would rather stay ignorant to it yeah and make it bubbly and fun like it's you know like how do you do that you can't funnily enough I'm not into reels but I follow this lady locally in Toowoomba recently and she's a teacher that teaches this like one yeah she's funny funny. and like they're only short and it's like she'll do that but like she'll trip into her office and like I find it funny and that me watching her I actually introduced that those reels to another teacher friend of mine and like her kid is now going to this lady and like but that was purely the humor so like a sensitive topic yeah that you know parents don't may not want to acknowledge like you know I think you've got to be creative in how you do it like I don't know how you make bullying funny but she's like even her captions might be a bit serious but what catches you is the funny reels and I'm just like oh this is cool yeah, it's like the trending humor. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. And I I have tried that. Like if you go back on the social child and look at the reels that I've done there, I've tried to be funny. And and they are funny, but they don't do as well as my newer ones that are um a bit more just information. So apparently okay. the new trend at the moment is 7 seconds um with just um like a, a small paragraph, not even like a small sentence of information. And it's pretty much just you in the picture for seven seconds with that on the screen okay. and then the information in the in the caption. Yeah. I've tried it all. You know, that that stuff is definitely doing better than yeah. um, my funny stuff. But I want to mix it up because I don't, I need it to be lighter so yeah. that people feel like they can, you know, take in the information without walking away feeling depressed I guess yeah you know um yeah it's very tough it's very tough so what do you think for you the next sort of 12 months like obviously there's a baby coming um yes what are you thinking with your freelancing and the social child like what do you what do you want to happen with it for you well uh, I would like I would love them both to take off if I could. Yeah. But um, realistically, I'd really like the freelancing stuff to take off the most because if I can get that going, 
Um, I'm hoping that I'll be able to then have some sort of nanny for three days a week. Yeah. <laughs> and I can actually then work on both things, the freelancing and the social child. Yeah. Um, at least three days a week. But it's just going to depend. It's really actually going to depend on what happens in the next 15 weeks. Yeah. I'm due in 15 weeks. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I need to be making, I need to be making money by the time that happens, because I know that once I hit that point, it's going to slow down a lot. Like my time is going to be honor that space of new baby yeah to be able to go inward for a period of time just you guys as a family so yeah that's it so um I don't want to go back in and be working at our cafes if I can help it yeah um Ben actually said to me last night you know you want to come back a couple of days a week if you know it's like nope yeah I do not I want to work on this stuff and he's like okay that's fine yeah um so if he had it his way, I'd probably be back in there a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah, I would love to. I love writing. Writing's always been my thing from when I was really young. I love, love, love writing. So if I can do any kind of content creation, blog writing, anything like that, um, <clears throat> I'm going to be. Are you specialising to any sort of businesses? So when you're. If you're chasing freelance clients at the moment, yeah. What sort of clients can you work with? Do you want to work with? Does it matter? You don't care. You just doesn't matter. I can write anything um, yeah. for any industry. I do have like <clears throat> on. I'm on Fiverr. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I do have uh, blog writing in general as like a, a gig on there, but I also have um, a gig that's specialized in writing for parenting and okay. education blogs yeah so sorry my throat is awful at the moment um so hopefully that will that will go well yeah um I'm starting to do some cold calling out to all different kind of blog um parenting and education blogs just saying this is what I do blah 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 yeah let me know if you need someone to write for you yeah um yeah that's yeah I love I love I do love the parenting and education area but I yeah. can do I can write anything really yeah that's so. cool that's cool well I hope I I hope for you it goes well like I hope <laughs> like I just cannot believe I cannot believe that you've got clients after that conversation like I, that's phenomenal me neither it's crazy yeah. and, it, and it's a turn one of them's turned into an ongoing client she's like I've got work for you every week from now on love what you do it's like ah oh, yes and so I'm, you probably only need a couple of them that's like, it. That's all yeah. I want. A couple of them. Um, yeah. Plus what I do for the cafes, like I'd be making an, an okay living yeah. each week with just those. And building a life, right. like being able to do skill drop off and pick up and, yeah. and, you know, not working for someone else and doing the 40 hours a week or whatever it is. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I just, I don't want to go back into that. It's just too hard with kids. <laughs> I, oh. I don't know how parents, mums do it. You know? Neither do I. I don't like obviously not having kids, but like I don't think I could either. Yeah. Um, we might wrap it up, lovely. Now that my dog has persisted in barking at us <laughs> the whole time, for everyone who's listening, I'm so sorry. Um, he's so spoiled. Just, That's our just child. Love attention. Um, yeah, because he's normally in here trying to bite me and be silly. <laughs> um, so 
to finish up, tell everyone where we can find you. Okay, so the social child is really simple. It's at the social child, um, S-O-C-I-A-L-C-H-I-L-D. So you've got um, a mailing list, you've got a physical bullying journal for <clears throat> under the age of six that you do with your do with the parents do with the child. And yeah, then... so I've got I've got two journals. Um, the first one's bounce back from bullying, and that's for um, kids eight to eleven. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, and then I've got bounce back from cyberbullying, which is from twelve to fifteen, roughly. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So they can be you can buy them on um, my website, which is thesocialchild.com.au. Yeah. Um, and then my freelancing stuff is uh, Kimberly Evans Co. Yep. K-I-M-B-E-R-L-Y-E-V-A-N-S-C-O.com. And you can also find me with that name on Fiverr, uh, on Upwork as well. Yeah, cool. And, yeah, on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok. See yep. what I mean? It's all over the place. It's exactly. crazy. Yeah. Wherever, wherever they are, they can find you. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and I will link everything up in the notes that I make for us today as to yeah, great. where to find you and what and all that sort of stuff. Brilliant. Um, and obviously, if you want good coffee on the Sunshine Coast, yes. find Espresso Namble and flagship Espresso within the Watso building at Sippy Downs. That's it. I yes. am coming for a visit in April, so I'm partaking in both at no both way. locations so that will be no good way. um i will make you dinner yeah yeah um thank you so much for talking to me today thank i appreciate it um i always love talking to you so i know we could talk forever <laughs> so thank you thank you for sharing with us thank you for sharing honestly um that's what casual conversations was all about like it was never about hints and tips and debunking things like I it's real world people and for me I love talking to you as a friend as a client all of our woohoo conversations that we have so I just want to say thank you for spending your time with me this morning thank you and I hope you have a productive rest of the morning me too <laughs> bye bye see you next time bye Thank you for listening to Casual Conversations, the podcast. To connect with me, you can visit keepingbalance.business or DM me on Instagram, keepingbalancewithjana. For all podcast show notes, you can also visit keepingbalance.business slash podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen and I hope you've had an amazing day. Thank you.